Likutei Sichos, Chelik Yudzayin, Volume 17, the first Sicha for Chapter 5 in Pirkei Avos. In this Sicha, we're going to learn the importance, the value of a mitzvah, not just the actual mitzvah itself, meaning the obvious part of the mitzvah, but even that which comes as a matter of preparation for the mitzvah, like an accessory to the mitzvah, that already also has great value. Just a few things to cover quickly before we begin the Sicha, so it help us flow through Sicha better. First of all, to remind ourselves that Pirkei Avos, the ethics of the fathers, these are Milei de Chasidusa, meaning that these are words of piety, meaning teaching us how to go beyond the letter of the law. In short, teaching us how to serve Hashem better, not just information, not just repeating facts that are obvious and known. Another concept which is worth being familiar with is Bein Hashmashos. Bein Hashmashos is the time, for example, on Friday afternoon, after sunset, before its actual and obvious nightfall, that time period is called Bein Hashmashos, which is kind of, it's close to Shabbos, it's, it's Shabbos, but it's not Shabbos. Technically, it's perhaps, if you can split it down, and you know how to exactly, one would be able to differentiate and say which part is still belongs to Friday and which part belongs to Shabbos. Practically speaking, meaning halachically speaking, we begin to observe Shabbos as soon as it's sunset because we're not certain. But this time, at least Hashem would know exactly how to differentiate between the part that belongs to Friday and that which belongs to Shabbos. Another concept is machshire mitzvah. I would call it perhaps accessory or preparatory parts or tools for a mitzvah. That means there are matters that you you need, are necessary in order to bring about a mitzvah, but that those things in themselves aren't the mitzvah itself. They don't actually, so to speak, serve the actual performance of the mitzvah, but they are used as a preparatory tool. So let's go into the Mishnah. In chapter 5, Mishnah Vav, the, the Mishnah enumerates, quote, 10 things that were created on Erev Shabbos and the Eve of Shabbos on Friday. That's the last day of creation, Bein Hashmashos, by in this time period, which is the closest point to Shabbos, meaning when the day is really over, it has already been sunset, and it's just that Shabbos is about to begin. Uh, just a few examples of these 10 things. It says, for, for example, the mouth of the earth. You remember the earth opened up and swallowed Korach and his family and Dustin and Aviram, those who stood up against Moshe, or the mouth of the donkey, the donkey that spoke to Bilam. This takes place many, many years later after the six days of creation. And it enumerates various things that were created in a total number of 10. Then the Mishnah says that there's another opinion that also the burial place of Moshe Rabbeinu was created in that time and also the ram of Avraham if you recall by the story of the Akedah where Avraham needed to substitute something for Yitzchak as the angel told him not to slaughter Yitzchak and not to offer him as an actual uh, offering and that's when Avraham spotted the ram this ram was a special ram it's a unique ram and it was created at that particular time now the focus of our sicha. After that, the Mishnah concludes and it says, Yesh Omrin, there are those who are saying that there's yet another opinion 
that as well, af hamazikin, that as well as the spirit of the spirits of destruction were created in this time, and then ve'af, and as well as tzvas bitzvas asuya. As well as the original tongues, for the tongues must be made with tongues. In order to make tongues, you have to have other tongues to make it, especially when you're making it manually in a fire. Now the Gemara explains that what does this mean? That since in order to make tongues, you need to have a set of tongues to help you facilitate this, this action. Therefore, the first tongues was created by Hashem himself when in this point of the end, end, end of creation, right as Shabbos was about to begin. Now, let's try to understand all of this. You see, the commentaries explain why were these 10 things created at this particular moment in the day, right before Shabbos began in the time of Bain Hashmoshos? See, because the, the, the commentaries explain because all these 10 things have something in common, that they are not in the realm of nature, so to speak. And therefore, they were not created during the six days of creation, which created everything that pertains and that is part of the natural world as we know it. Since they have more of a connection, so to speak, to Shabbos, what is the concept? What is the idea of Shabbos? Shabbos is the idea of rest. Shabbos is the idea of the, so to speak, void of any whatsoever natural activity. Therefore, they were created then. But if that's the question, if that's the case, the question then is, one second, tongues are natural things. We use tongues when we work, when we, when we want to grab something, and the same perhaps would be also to make a plier and all kinds of tools which serve this general purpose, to grab something else and to help you manipulate something so you can work with it. So the question is, they should have been created during the six days of creation. And for example, we do find that most of the things that Hashem created during the six days of, created, of creation, they were created not only for the purpose of themselves, but they were also created with the inherent ability and the inherent property that they recreate themselves, that they either procreate or that from that thing you make another tool similar to it. So the question is, and furthermore, moreover, the Gemara tells us that there is a reason why Adam Harishan, why your first man was created last of the creation. In other words, why is it that man was created after everything was created, after there was, quote, almost a complete world? So the Gemara, the Gemara says, the Talmud says, it's because the expression he uses is that he should be able to enter into the feast immediately. Now, what is this feast? The feast is a euphemism for the things that he has to do. He's not here just to feast. He's here to work with the world. He is here to manifest godliness into the world, right? And therefore, Hashem made it so, just like when you come to a feast, you don't come there and start setting the table. You don't come there and start cooking the food and start waiting to everything to the table. No, if you come to a feast as an invited guest, especially as a dignitary, you, or you, what do you, you come to a, to a ready table. You're ready, you just sit down and eat. And that's exactly what Hashem did for Adam. But the question is, if this is, if this is the case, 
then going back to the tongues, something doesn't make sense here. This is kind of like a second question. The first question we asked is, it would seem that, you know, this is a physical thing. This is not a supernatural thing. This is something connected to nature. So based on those commentaries, it should have been creating during the six days, created during the six days of creation. And now following this, this logic, which is really fundamental to the whole purpose of creation, why did Hashem create this after creating man at the end of the day, meaning right before Shabbos begun? Another few questions that we can throw in here is, first of all, it seems that the verbiage seems to be a little odd. Instead of just saying, quote, and there are those who say that also the tongues was created at this time, they say it no in, in a kind of a backwards way, saying that tongues need to have tongues, and from that you derive the conclusion that what? That certainly it must be that Hashem created the first one. Why don't you say, you know, in a very direct way? Why say it in, in a kind of, a, such an ambiguous way? Number two, from the fact that there is this quote, Yesh Oymen, this last opinion, brings two added things that were created at that time period, namely, the spirits of destruction and the tongues that tells us they have some connection between them, the two of them. What, what, what would be the connection between these two? And then of course three, following what the general purpose of Pirkei Avos is all about in order to teach us an, an enhanced and advanced way of serving Hashem, the question is, what connection does this have to us, period? And then moreover, how does this encourage us? How does this enhance our service of Hashem. See, because if you look at the other, other 10 things, the 10 things that were, quote, created on that time, during that time period, on by the Ben Hashmashes on Erev Shabbos, you can say that although they may not have any particular quality in enhancing our service of Hashem, but at least they connect to Am Yisrael. They have a connection to us and to our history, because all those things, in one way or another, uh, I'm sorry, at one point or another in, in history, actually manifest themselves in the development of our history as a Jewish people, especially all those things you can find in the Torah. But the, the tongues, this is not something which is exclusive to Am Yisrael. This is not something that's exclusive just to us. This, is, this, this belongs to everybody. Everybody has use of it. So the question is, what, what exactly is the reason why it was created at this time, and how exactly does it teach us a lesson in how to serve Hashem? So to understand this, to get a better appreciation, let's take a closer look at this expression, at this saying of the Talmud, that why was man created last in order for him to, quote, come into the feast and be able to feast immediately, that it should all be ready and prepared. You see, there's a rule in creation, and we say it every Friday night. When we discuss, when we describe how Hashem completed the entire cre creation, and we say these are the things that He created in the six days, Asher bara Elokim laasos, that God created laasos, which literally translates to do, to make. The question is, He created to make. He made it. Why do we? What do we mean by that? Well, the sages explain to us that what it means is laasos means letakin, to correct, to fix, to finish. Which means that in every single thing in creation, Hashem, so to speak, left one thing, even if it's a minor, minor thing, undone in order for us, meaning us, mankind, to complete it. In order for us to have 
so to speak, a partnership with it, and we're able to contribute our part and, so to speak, help him in the finishing touch of that particular thing in creation. So all these 10 things that were enumerated in this Mishnah are things that needed absolutely no finishing, no corrective touches, so to speak. Why? Because they were all complete. And when they were needed, they, boom, they came out and they did the job. Whether it was the opening of the ground, whether it was the, 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 the mouth of the donkey, meaning the donkey's sudden, sudden ability to speak and so on. So they didn't require any whatsoever correction. They didn't require any whatsoever involvement from man. They were complete and they were ready to go. And that's why they were created so close to Shabbos, because that is the time when everything is, so to speak, complete, all work is complete, and that is the symbol of rest, of retirement from any whatsoever work, any whatsoever engagement in creation. Now, just like there are things that, like we just described, these 10 things that are supernatural, that are things that do not go into the category of, quote, that su'uda, that feast, the task of man, right, because they're above it, like these 10 things. Likewise, there are things that also don't go into this list of the task of man because they are below man. They are less than all the things which were created during the six days of creation. Why? Because they don't serve a positive purpose. They don't really have a positive purposeful use in the service of man as man has to serve Hashem and fulfill his duty in the in the purpose of why he was created. And that's why this last opinion, the Yesh Omrim, that's why they bring the Mazikim, the spirits of destruction. You see, Mazikim are not things that have any whatsoever positive purpose, positive use in the service of man to Hashem. Their entire existence actually comes because of the lack of one fulfilling their purpose. It came as a result of the sin of man. They in themselves don't bring any positivity to to, to the world nor to man. And therefore they were created in that time when the quote, the work of man has already been complete, meaning the work of creation and man have been already been created, all been complete, then Hashem created this too, because this is not part of that list. However, the question could be, wait, if that's the case, why were they created in such an auspicious time, right as Shabbos is about to enter? That also has an explanation. You see, because it's from the perspective of Hashem, where he knows the absolute truth and the ultimate purpose in everything, not just as it seems now, but what will be in the future. So ultimately, even these spirits of destruction, these spirits of negativity, their ultimate purpose in the very end of time is that they too transform into good. And therefore, Hashem created them, number one, outside the time, meaning not in the uh, schedule, so to speak, of the six days of creation, when he was creating everything, generating, any, generating everything that man needs for his work to come in, quote, into that feast. And number two, he created in such a time so close to Shabbos, this auspicious special time, because in the ultimate, they too will be transformed into something auspicious, something good. Now, 
we can come to the second part of the Yesh Omrim, which is Ve'af Tzvas Mitzvas Asur. And also a tongues has to be made by tongues. You see, because this has a similar reasoning, a similar uh, point to the spirits of destruction, in this, but it's not exactly the same. That means, in 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 the in in in, the, in general, it has some kind of similarity. For what? For which reason it wasn't included in the six days of creation? If you recall one of the original questions. However, it is not exactly the same. And now we'll appreciate why the Tana, why the sage uses this odd expression, which we asked before, instead of saying just. And tongues were created this time. It says, oh, and also tongues have to be made with other tongues. You see, because this brings out the exclusive purpose, that, that the exclusive purpose of the first tongues was not for them themselves. The, the reason why Hashem created the first tongues was not for it itself, for it itself to be used for whatever the usage of tongues are. It's rather that the only purpose Hashem created it is that with this tongues, Adam, man, should later be able to, to should, he should be able to create the, 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 the first set of purposeful and useful tongues, purposeful meaning purposeful in themselves. Now this is contrary to everything that was created in the six days of creation. In other words, now we'll understand why they weren't created in the six days of creation. You see, all creatures that Hashem created, everything from plants, animals, all kinds of things, whatever it is, Hashem created them in such a manner that they themselves serve a purpose, and then later from them gets reproduced similar items to what they are. And those items too will have A, a purpose, and also have the ability to recreate, procreate, etc. Now, this tongues, however, was different, was unique. And that's what the sage is pointing out here. This tongues was not created for that dual purpose like everything else in creation. Rather, was it created exclusively not to be used as tongues, but to be used to create the first set of tongues, which will be used for a purposeful manner. That's why it wasn't included in the six days of creation and it had to be created after the six days of creation. Now, the Rebbe points out that everything that we have in the material world really evolves from the fact that so it exists in the spiritual world, meaning in the Torah. Where do we see such a concept in the Torah that something in itself isn't the actual purpose? It rather serves a per it serves the purpose. In other words, it serves a purpose for the purpose, but in itself is not the ultimate purpose. And yet it's, it's significant and yet it's meaningful and it has a place. So we find this in the concept of Heksher Mitzvah. And the classical example for it is with the Mishnah in Shabbos, in Tractate Shabbos, we discusses over there the laws of circumcision on Shabbos. We know that if a baby is born on Shabbos, and thus the eighth day is on Shabbos, then it overrides the prohibition of Shabbos. And over there, the, the Mishnah discusses to what extent, what are you allowed to make, what are you allowed, not allowed to make, what are you allowed to do, what are you not allowed to do. And over there, the opinion is that you can even quote, chop wood in order to make a fire in order to generate charcoal with which you're going to be able now to fashion iron tools, meaning like the knife or whatever it is that you need in order to do, to implement the circumcision. So what do you see? Make, chopping wood is just to make charcoal. The charcoal isn't the mitzvah itself either. It's just a 
kind of a, a purpose for a purpose for a purpose in order to come to the end result, to the end purpose of having a knife, uh, a blade with which to implement, to do the actual cutting. And yet, what do we say? That this is still considered something. That it's even, according to this opinion, it's even permitted to be done on Shabbos itself, even though the only thing the Torah permits on Shabbos, it says the mitzvah itself, and here it's only a preparation for the mitzvah, and yet we say it is as if it's part of the mitzvah. And this is what we say, this is the novelty here, this is the whole point of what he's saying, that even tongues has to be made by other tongues. Remember again, why didn't he say it directly? What he's telling us is that you see that Hashem, so to speak, himself involved his own self in order to create something which doesn't have a purpose in itself other than its purpose is to serve the ultimate purpose. Its purpose is to create, to have this so you can create, so you can so you can fashion, so you can manufacture the tongues which will have a purpose. This in itself doesn't have, quote, the, a purpose in itself, and yet it becomes meaningful, it becomes purposeful. And this teaches us that even if according to rationale, something doesn't seem to have such importance, such value, because it's only a preparatory, so to speak, a means to the purpose itself, the Mishnah tells us that you see that it's the Ratzon Ha'elyon, it's Hashem's will, so to speak, that yes, this too indeed should also be considered meaningful and should have a meaning. And that's why Hashem created it, and He created it when? Outside the time of creation, but in such an auspicious time, to teach us this very, very important thing. And this, how does this, how is this possible? In other words, how is it possible for one to give importance, so to speak, to something which isn't the mitzvah itself, rather it's only a preparatory uh, stage for the mitzvah? The answer is when a yid has bitu, when a juf is totally subservient to Hashem, then to him there's no difference between the mitzvah itself and that which helps bring about the mitzvah. In other words, Knowing what we know now from the Mishnah, one can appreciate, and if one is subservient to Hashem, one actually feels that anything that connects to and has the, so to speak, the, the, the power of bringing about the implementation of Hashem's will through the performance of the mitzvah, whether it's the performance itself, directly or indirectly, that which prepares one or prepares the item for performance of the mitzvah, and bringing down Hashem's godliness into the world, that is something which has great value, and that becomes important to the person. And that's why Hashem created an Erev Shabbos. Why? Because that's a time when we stand higher than, quote, the man himself. This is a time which comes about after man was created, meaning man represents rationale. This is even beyond, beyond rationale. And the lesson over here is that a person... A yid has to be involved in a mitzvah, not only in that which is obviously the mitzvah, but even that which is a preparatory thing for the mitzvah. And we see for this a precedent. We see an actual story in the Gemara. The Gemara tells us about Gedoyli Maisechia. The Gemara says how great are the works of Chia. That's Rabbi Chia. What did he do? He saw to it that there was, some, there was a uh, vicinity where... There were many Jewish children who were not being educated. They didn't have anyone to teach them Torah. And he was, he was fearful that, God forbid, they would forget the Torah and become lost to Judaism. 
So what did he do? The Talmud describes what he did. He set out and he planted flax. He grew flax. Then he took it and he spun it. And with it he made, he wove nets. And then he trapped deer. And then with the skin of the deer, after preparing it properly, he made parchment. And then with that parchment, he sat down and he wrote the five books of the Torah, made five separate scrolls. And then he took five smart boys and each one he taught another Chumash, another one of the books of the Torah, and instructed them after they were they were well versed in their particular book to now teach the others. And so he started to spread Torah. And of course, the question is, Rabbi Chia had so many students. Rabbi Chia had so many followers. He could have just you know said the word, and others would have gone out and done all the work, whether it's planting the flax in order to have the linen threads, whether it's making the nets, whether it's trapping the deer, and so on and so forth. And he should have just involved himself in the actual mitzvah of teaching the children, or at least overseeing it. No, what do you see from here? Because Rav Chia had such great bitul, had such great subservience to Hashem, he appreciated that every single step of the mitzvah, every single aspect of it, even that which seems to be superfluous, even that which seems to be something which could be done by someone else, even that is something which gives you the opportunity to serve Hashem and becomes part of the mitzvah.